Did You Have To is a proud member of the Bawaii podcast community. Welcome back to Did You Have To, the podcast where two bad bitches talk about anime. And here are your hosts, Kate and Nisha. Yeah! Nisha's quirk, stress ball. By internalizing her stress about the world being in chaos and crime, she converts that stress into a superpower, becoming a badass. Kate's quirk, waifu warrior. By just watching her favorite shows, she can manifest real or fictional characters into the real thing. They come to life and fight by her side. Not every character does it, though. She has to find the individual really hot. Yeah! Hey, everybody. Where did you have to? And I'm Kate. And I'm Nisha. And today we're talking himbos. Yes. I'm, I'm really, really excited. <laughs> um, if you've listened to us to if you listen to us before, you know that we love our anime men. Uh, you also know that we love them tall and broad. Mm-hmm. But you may not know that we also love them as himbos. <laughs> we have range, is what we're we saying. Do. <laughs> we can do the evil, the evil maniacal villain, mm-hmm. the wise daddy. Yes. And the lovable dumbass himbo. <laughs> Big hearts, empty minds. Even exactly. bigger chest. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so the one reason or one of the main reasons that we're doing this is because uh, earlier in the week, uh, somebody had uh, tweeted out a take on himbos that was essentially saying that people were ableist for liking himbos because we were attracted to them because they were stupid um, or less intelligent was the words used. And that started a whole bunch of discourse online where the himbo defense squad, as I like to call it, arose. (laughs) Uh, And specifically Matt sent me the tweet and he was like, and he was like, oh yeah, look at this. I was like, this is bad. And I just got quiet. We were sitting in bed. We were getting ready to go to bed. I was just tweeting. He's like, oh my God, what have I done? And he just rolled over and started watching TV. And I was like, yep, you did this. You should have tried to react to protect my mans. And I think <laughs> then you told me about it. And I'm like reading it. And I was just like, did I, I'm like, I'm trying to process it. Because as I was processing it, I'm like, pause, what? Like, that's not why we're attracted to them. And that's like, they're not dumb. Like, dumb in the sense of like being less intelligent and be, and can yeah. be taken advantage of like mm-hmm. no what so exactly you so that fired me <laughs> i did and we decided to talk about them on here because it's a perfect it's a perfect topic because there are a bunch of himbos in anime um but before we get started i do want to do a little bit of today and weep yes uh so on the news item uh uh god god of high school has a uh is a king of high school or god of high school god of high school god of high school yes yeah. god of high school has a release date which is next week yeah. or the following week july 7th mm-hmm. so it's gonna be really fun it's a webtoon nisha is way more familiar with it than i am um but the trailers look really dope so i'm mm-hmm. excited on that way i'm very excited for it too because i i've been I've been on a webtoon binge probably for the last year just because there's <laughs> there's just so many good webtoons and I love that like webtoons made a plan, made like all these deals last year um like having exclusive deals made with you know I think 
yeah, Webtoon, the company made a deal with Crunchyroll, whereas like some famous Webtoon authors have also made their own separate deals with Netflix. So yeah. we're getting a lot of new Webtoon anime that are going to be coming within the next two years. So God of High School is one that's super popular. It's very big. Um, I got into it relatively, I'm probably like last month is when I got into it because I'm like, oh, I'm finally going to read this one because I heard about the anime coming out. And I like it. It's definitely, what is that? um folklore western journey uh, journey, oh, to the west. journey to the west it, there's hints of that which like and also it is like very much i feel like it pays homage to you know shonen like very yeah. shonen and i like that the author leans into it very heavily of like this is shonen because <laughs> even the main character he's like i'm the best fighter in the world no one can defeat me hey you fight me I'm the best <laughs> fighter, undefeated, yeah. And it's just like, what is this kid? Um, but it's it's so good, and I can't wait to see it animated. And then on the other side is something I am super hyped to uh, hype for as well. Uh, Crunchyroll also released the very first trailer for Onyx Equinox, which is an anime based on Aztec mythology following Aztec boy. I'm so excited because if you don't know, if, if you're not Mexican-American, you don't know how much uh, Aztecs mean to Chicanos because a lot of what happened um, during the early Chicano movement was that people who had who had been in the U.S. for a long time, who were like second generation, third generation people, they felt, and this is something I can speak to now because like, I'm in eighth generation, like the Hana, like we've, we've pretty much always been in Texas, but like it's one of those things where like for a lot of Mexican Americans, the idea of the Mexica or the Aztecs was something that grounded us in who we were before we were colonized. So there's this mythical idea of, of uh, Aztec connection between a lot of them and some, and some Chicanos are like completely full of shit with it, but others use it to showcase what we could have been had we not been colonized. And so for me, as much as it's a Mesoamerican myth, it is, or a Mesoamerican anime, it's also a very Mexican anime in that it's something that is going to connect to a lot of people like me who grew up with giant, uh, giant murals of Aztec warriors holding sexy ladies on like the project mm -hmm. sides. Because like, uh, the, we, we call them the courts, but it, 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 it's kind of like the projects, but like it was just called the courts was specifically what we called it. Right. Um, and all of those had um, either pictures of saints or giant pictures of like Aztec temples and big murals of Aztec warriors and stuff like that. So it was really cool growing up because it was a really poor neighborhood, but there was a big beauty in it when you would get to see how much like Aztecs and, and, and Mexica meant to people as like a way to getting out of a lot of the poverty and stuff. So mm -hmm. I'm excited. <laughs> you have a right to be. That's awesome. Yeah. I think I remember you telling me about it when it, when it was first announced and like you were just like, look what we're getting. And I'm just like, this looks dope. So I'm excited to see it and come out, especially when it's like when you talk about like, and I remember this because I recently, this isn't my Today and Weed, but like what I recently watched was like, I've been watching Fate Grand Order. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you got to the part where the Aztec God came out. I have not seen. Mm -mm. I just, I warn you now. Is he white? She white. Oh. And she blonde and like, Quetzalcoatl. I'm, I'm, I'm probably butchering yeah, the yeah. name. That's good. You good. Yeah. So I immediately, I'm like, I love Fate. I love the Fate series. But like, y'all didn't have to do this. You literally could have made her 
<laughs> you could, you could, you could, you didn't have to do this. She is blonde and they gave her like a Spanish accent. And I'm just like, this feels wrong on so many levels. So it's real wrong mm-hmm, on multiple levels. And I'm just like, fate, what the fuck are y'all doing? So yeah, I'm so happy for this anime because like if you want Aztec culture and it not to look hella, you know, appropriated, literally appropriated. Yeah. Ma'am. Yeah. That looks like somebody watched Carnival in Rio and was like, we're going to do that, but we're going to put it on a white lady and we're going to call her Quetzalcoatl. And like, it's terrible. Oh, which is so oh, bad. Okay. Yeah. But I can't, I can't wait till we talk about Onyx because uh, fun yes. fact, really cool thing for us. We're doing, uh, we're, we're, we're doing work with Crunchyroll now. We get mm-hmm. access to, to, for reviews and stuff like that. So we're really excited for that. So you can expect more reviews from us on Crunchyroll content. Um, but like, I want this. I want Onyx Equinox so bad. And I did check. There are some of us on the inside. There are some brown people working on this. So I was a little worried at first, but we're there. We love to see it. Behind the scenes and in front of the scenes. We want to see representation. Love it. So I'm excited. Yeah, that's good. Uh, But yeah, I guess... Onyx Equinox will be my today and weave. I know it was news, but it's I'm I'm it's hyped up all my brain. So um, that and I really haven't done anything except read the manga that I've been reviewing, uh, Incurable Case of Love number four, Prince Faya number two, and uh, I would like to do an episode on how light novels are just fan fiction, and I can't break that from my head. Yes, um. let's do that because Ace number one, One Piece, yes, fan fiction, and I need volumes number one, number two already, please. Oh, so good. But no, we could definitely do a light novel. Oh my God, there's so many. Okay. Never mind. Yeah, but let's move on because yeah. we'll go down. What's your, a rabbit what, hole. what's your today, Weeb? Um, my today, Weeb, man, I'm, ma'am, I've been watching Lupin. <laughs> you always go back to Lupin. I do. He's always there for me. <laughs> uh, specifically, That's I've been the watching. Most Lupin's ever been there for anyone. Yeah, the most <laughs> any, he's the most pendable man in my life, besides my father. <laughs> Um, but no, I actually started, I usually, I, oh, you, I always tell Kate this, like, I love the classic Lupin, like the 70s Lupin, and it's, like, terrible, and it's trash, but also, I'm just like, I don't know, it's, like, why people watch the old Scooby-Doo episodes, but, yeah, I recently started watching, this is also on Crunchyroll, the, um, Lupin, Lupin the Third Part Five. Um, oh! Yeah, and it's really good, it introduces a new character to the gang for, like, you know, the first four episodes um and she's like a teenage girl she's a hacker she's a genius and like lupin like it's like spirits away her from like captivity and then like he's showing her like what life is like what why is life in the outside world so enjoyable because she even questions lupin i think it's like it's a very simple answer and she asks him like you're rich you don't need more money why do you keep stealing like why do you do this and and he's just and she's like and she wanted that answer and then she's like I finally figured it out it's because it's fun and that's it's just a very simple answer like yes yeah. this is why Lupin does these things but yeah it's a good season so far and I'm enjoying it awesome yeah I'm not surprised but also intrigued <laughs> I know <laughs> <laughs> just watch it <laughs> okay but now now we're going to turn our eyes to the himbos Yes. 
Nice. Um, and we're going to start with a uh, with a definition. Um, and I went ahead and read through a lot of threads, and, and as long as well as have my definition of how I describe a himbo. But uh, a himbo specifically is a male character uh, who is large, broad, tall, buff. You know, he he is physically everything that you expect from a toxically masculine character. He's hyper-masculine, he's gigantic, he's muscle-bound, um, but, and, and the, the simplistic answer is he's that and he's also unintelligent. So he's attractive and he's unintelligent. But what fandoms and people have specifically, specifically female or um, female and femme, uh, fans have seen in these characters, which presents a, a, a really good commentary on how we consume media and ultimately how uh, just calling them unintelligent like that original tweet did mm-hmm. removes a lot of the narrative weights that himbos have. And that is the fact that they are the exact opposite of toxically of, of being toxically masculine. And that is something that is real important because a himbo most of the time is he's not unintelligent. He just leads with his heart. So it is, you're going to get somebody who is very caring. You're going to get somebody who is very emotional. You're going to get somebody who is not afraid to exhibit moments of weakness. And it is going to essentially, essentially what himbos do for women in fandom is specifically or uh, specifically presents them with a character that doesn't have all of the toxicity that we're used to. I say as somebody who likes very violent villains, um, there's a safety in himbos. A himbo would never hurt you. A himbo would lay his life on the line for you immediately without second guessing, and he would cry by your side if you needed it. That's a himbo, and that's why they're a very important storytelling device, especially now that we're getting a lot more of parody anime. Mm -hmm. So, like, JoJo, because JoJo is very satirical and definitely embraces himbo to the full effect, um, but also things like One Punch Man um, and Mm -hmm. even um, Magical Girl Ore. So I think that, like, the himbos are here to stay. Um, and uh, from what I saw, the term started in the 80s and it resurged when Magic Mike was coming out. And then it's now just kind of like taken into little fandom circles as um, uh, def- just definitions for characters. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. You have a, like a nice little lesson on that, on the history of himbos. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I like that. I like that explanation of it better than people just assuming, oh, it's just dumb buff men because it really does belittle like their story and their character development or like just their impact on whatever series they're in because I've never thought of himbos as being stupid or being less intelligent. I don't want to say stupid, just being less intelligent. They just like use, I think you said it when we were tweeting, it's like full hearts you know, and they think with their emotions. They're, it's emotional, not, um, not what's the world? They don't think, they don't just leap before they think. They're, they're thinking with their hearts. Like they're more yeah. emotional, emotionally driven characters that are driven to protect the ones they love or care about. But and that, they, and, <clears throat> I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. 
No, I was going to say, and, and that's what makes them not intelligent yeah. because they're with their heart, which means they're opening themselves to be taken care be taken advantage of. Like, they're going to trust somebody first. Yes. There's plenty and plenty of examples of that. So it's like they can be seen as naive, but it's like they're not naive. They're just like, you know, they think with their hearts and they're trusting and they're protective. And, you know, they deserve, they, they deserve love. <laughs> and that's why they we're do. here to give them love. They really do. Hmm. Okay. So the fun part of the episode. Mm-hmm. Who are our favorite himbos? Our list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Begin. Class is in session. Okay. Everybody will finish this episode with a degree in himbo studies, and we will give you anime as your starter courses. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> We are professors of himbology, <laughs> if you will. Grant, I think Grant said that. So yes. we, are, we are professors of himbology. So let's, I'm, I'm not going to say all of these are my favorites, but these are ones that I think really stuck out and I think they deserve to be noted. First and foremost, Guts from Berserk. <laughs> that man cares. He's a sunder and a daddy and a himbo all in one. But we'll, we'll get into our Sunder and Daddy episodes another time and, and explain those. But my point is, Guts very much comes off as, like, this cold and, like, non-caring character. But, like, as time goes on, he cares about his comrades. He thinks about, he thinks with his heart, with his actions. But he also is very one-track-minded sometimes because of that. And leaps into danger. Or, like, you know, takes on a, an entire horde of enemy, like, soldiers to protect one person. He will That's lay his life. It. He will lay his life down for his woman. <laughs> he 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 does. He does. Yep. So no, that's like one of my first. Do you want to go back and forth? Or should we just like kind of go down a brief list? Um, I think let, let's go back and forth. Okay. Um. So I would say that another one of my one of my favorite himbos is man but is he a himbo see this is my this about is a hard thing um so i actually think that ichigo is a himbo um yes. because ichigo <laughs> does not think the boy does not think mm-hmm. um and this is really hard because i realize that i'm still in love with ichigo but now i'm almost 30 and ichigo is still young um but i found him when i was young so we're not going to have that conversation You're fine. um Ichigo has always been a really great character for me because there are lots of parts of him that could easily be um, cold and calculating. And we see a little bit of that when he first gets introduced because he's seen as he he fights other kids Mm -hmm. and other other high school students. And then you get to see the soft side of him where you realize, oh, no, he's fighting because he's doing it to help the ghosts out. And mm-hmm. that's kind of his same his his same deal throughout the entire series is that every action he takes, it's not just him being super masculine, it's him subverting that by it coming from a deep emotional place. And there are so many moments where he just does not know how to think, but he acts and he yes. acts out of love and care. And that's something that I think is is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also one of the reasons why he gets into so much trouble. I agree. I do agree. We should just honestly make this a game of are they a himbo or not? Are they a himbo? Yep. <laughs> but no, I think that's a great point with Ichigo because, I mean, he protect and he attack. 
but you don't always think even though he's smart um so then I guess my question for you would you count and I I go back and forth with this but I, I I'm confident in saying that Brawley specifically Super's Brawley is a himbo yeah he'd and, be a himbo right and it's like because it the first iteration of Brawley is just super hyper masculine very toxic but this iteration of him again very hyper masculine super strong he is a berserker type also but yeah. his he he goes berserker based off of his feelings exactly. but super's brawly shows us that he has a very compassionate heart and he cares so he's not just a mass of muscle fighting and killing anything anything and everything exactly so. Yeah. If anything, like that's <laughs> one of the things I think Brawly is a great example of a himbo because if you look at Dragon Ball Super Brawly, like as a movie and his story in it, he comes up in entirely like in toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. That emotion is effectively pushed out of him. And, Literally, with a shock yeah, collar. Exactly. And parts of him still holds on to it. And so I think that when you look at a himbo as a subversion of what what we see as typically masculine and what we see as typically strong, and you see this new side, I think Brawley is an excellent example of that. Mm -hmm. You go, girl. Thank you. I know know my my himbos. I know my Brawley. (laughs) Who you got next? So this one was hard. Okay. Because I didn't know if he would count because he's not hyper-masculine, but it's mm-hmm. masculinity defined by, like, uh, I, so I intention. Guess. Okay. Okay, Wait. never mind. Okay. You go. Yeah. <laughs> I so, I, so part of me wanted to say Kenshin from Roni Kenshin. Mm. But he is less dumb and emotional and more calculating when he has to be. Mm-hmm. And chooses to be emotional. But then I started thinking, Sasuke Sagara. Mm-hmm. Um, the giant sword guy yes. in Kenshin. He is a himbo. He radiates man, himbo. Yes. He 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 big himbo energy. All he does is eat, drink, and attack. And he protect when he needs to. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is completely built for protection. He loves deeply, even though he pretends not to. I also think there's a little bit of Sundere in him too, where he is cold and warms up, but I think Mm -hmm. ultimately he is a himbo. Because I wouldn't trust that man to strategize a damn thing. Yes. I feel like that is also (laughs) a legit um, trait of himbos. I said Sasuke. Sonosuke Sagara. Okay. So I don't get added to oblivion. (laughs) <laughs> oh god no i don't worry the ashy anime fans don't know nothing about kenshin <laughs> i'm confident I'm very... all they do is watch dragon ball z and retweet and uh, yes. repeat and act like it's going yeah yes the ones who are not ashy would be like they would forgive you and not attack exactly. us so <laughs> um so here's one that i'm sure is on both of our list trevor belmont <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah. my whip boy yeah again another one who has multiple facets daddy and a himbo i love it so Um, i actually don't think he's a daddy i think he could be my daddy (laughs) that's a different conversation ma'am 
different conversation. What you and him do with that whip in the bedroom is something very different than what he is as an archetype. I know. Okay, fine. He's my daddy. But (laughs) yes, you're right. So he's not a a daddy. He's my daddy. But (laughs) I hope my parents never listen to this show. (laughs) Oh, oh, Matt never listens to this show. (laughs) I'd be in big trouble. (laughs) Probably. He already sees me posting about needing a Vegeta body pillow, so. <laughs> Knows what's up. Um, but also, seriously, Trevor Belmont, again, out of the three main characters, him, Saifa, and um, Alucard, we do not trust Trevor to necessarily come up with the attack plan to kill Dracula. He just knows he's going to kill Dracula. And I'm just specifically using season one, because Trevor knows his shit. Trevor knows how to kill monsters. But yeah. if we're talking about calculating a plan to kill Dracula. That man went up to Dracula and punched him square in the face and nothing yeah. happened. So his, uh, his whole plan was to just like go in, like whips a blazing yeah. and, but he did it, he does his job. He's the muscle. He comes in, he cares. He, I definitely, I, I think he can come off as being like, you know, in the beginning people would assume he's like toxic toxic masculinity but at the same time yeah. like he the way he treats Saifa not as a damsel and but as a partner truly he does respects sh- her yes he respects her and there is a level of respect where like he trusts her to have his back and I think that's something great but like they'll protect one another and fight side by side which himbos I feel like that's another trait is that like being able to trust their comrades especially female to be to be able to do their job and not feel like they have to step in and save them it's it's like unwavering loyalty as Mm -hmm. well it's it's the willingness to it's a willingness to follow somebody into 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 badness because you're just trusting that Mm -hmm. that nothing bad is gonna happen because that they're leading you right it's it's the respect he shows her nonstop. And I think that, I think for me, the biggest piece of, the biggest piece of seeing Trevor as more of a himbo than just like a regular, like uh comic relief protagonist, because mm-hmm. he's, he's fairly aggressive in the early seasons. But when you watch season three of Castlevania, mm-hmm. he's very much under Saifa hit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in one way, said one. Uh, he's very much uh, under her leadership, even though they see each other as equals. He understands that she is stronger, and he respects her for it. And I think that that's the importance of of a himbo is that even though they have the physical presence to be more intimidating to push more they respect the people around them especially women to take care of themselves and Mm -hmm. to be seen as equal so yeah i agree Ooh, i need another one now um so i would also say that when we look at himbos it's hard too because like i'm trying to think of like who technically i would count as himbo Mm. just from like their size but then there are some that are like fairly small where I maybe wouldn't but I think that probably you have to look at um uh again honestly just all the Joes all Mm. of the Jojos in Jojos (laughs) yes um every single one of them and there's a reason for that 
Um, and I just want to give a, a big shout out to at Senior Reads, who mm-hmm. it was on for our JoJo episode. Um, all of those men are made specifically to hate be himbos to subvert what Shonen is um, by Akari, who's their creator. So I think that it's really important to at least list all of them, probably. Um, Josuke is probably the biggest of the himbos, in my mm. opinion. He's really funny. He's really, um, like, really heartfelt. Um, and he's really gullible. And and I think that there are parts of them in, like, Joseph Joestar in the first one, like, he's extremely gullible. He's extremely trusting. That's why Dio gets to do all the crap he does. Yeah. Uh, and, and that, for me, is one of the things that I... I would say if we were to put Himbo Mount Rushmore, at least one of the JoJo's is going to be on there. Or you could just put five JoJo's on there and it would actually be a solid Mount Rushmore of anime Himbo's. Yes, that that's very accurate. And from the little bit of JoJo I have heard from you, Sinya, and just like gifts and episodes I've watched, cannot <laughs> second that enough. <laughs> yeah, JoJo have Himbo's. Um... So I got into uh, my other part of my list is also just like I kind of had the same feeling, whereas like I feel like there are himbos that may not physically have the appearance of a himbo, but yeah. they have the, you know, the persona of a himbo, which and I think yeah. from our tweet, we were like asked and yesterday we got a few back and forth and people asked different ones. So like two of them I thought to throw out there that it would be interesting for us to talk about briefly is Yasha and Roy Mustang. Himbo energy, but are they himbos? So I would say Inuyasha, no, because Inuyasha very much upholds a lot of toxically masculine mm-hmm. features, um, specifically in how he treats Kagome. Mm-hmm. Like he, uh, okay. I know. I love Inuyasha. I still got the biggest crush on him. His, we um, all his brother, have a crush. His brother's better. But the way he treats, like, a himbo would never yell woman at a female character. Right. Right? Like, Idiyasha very much represents a, a piece of masculinity. And honestly, all of the men of Inuyasha are. Moroku's, Moroku is, like, the mm-hmm. typical, like, pervy character. Yep. Um, Inuyasha's peculiar is like the exact same toxic toxic masculine character and so is Koga. Mm-hmm. Um and so you don't really I don't really think there's an example of a himbo in in Inuyasha. I, right. I do think he has that energy because when the boy thinks about Kikyo, like all sense is gone. Yes. Um but I think just because of how he talks about and to Kagome, I don't think he could be a himbo proper. Himbo light, maybe. Agreed. I mean, I don't count him as a himbo, like, just because, like, physically-wise, I don't see him as himbo. Himbo energy, himbo light, yes, because, but to your point, it's the toxic masculinity that Inuyasha keeps and does not change, (laughs) like, at all, or if any, is what keeps him from being a himbo. Like, I think to some point in the series, he trusts Kagome's ability, but let's be honest, the series doesn't even trust Kagome's ability fully. No. Final yeah. act is 
better than the proper series. Yeah. But it still ain't there. It's not. It's not there. So we'll see what happens in the sequel. But who was the other? Oh, Roy Mustang was the yeah. other one I threw out there. Because someone had mentioned it. And I'm like, you know what? I don't see. I don't see it. Roy is emotional. But he also has never, like, been toxically masculine towards anyone so i and, and if anybody's listening and knows a, a trope for like the logical character because i think i i see roy mustang as somebody who keeps his actually um roy mustang not admitting to crying is is an example of toxic masculinity because oh. he won't admit that he's crying because it shows weakness that's roy right mustang does not show weakness which is why the mm. end of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is so powerful when Riza is helping him fight while he's blinded because he's actually giving away some of that control for her. Mm. Um, so I don't think Roy Mustang doesn't fit Himbo because mm-hmm. he understands how to manipulate people. He understands how to um, strategize. And right. he's ultimately like, while he is doing things that he believes is morally right, he's not going to, he's not gullible. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like he's not going to let his heart get in the way of his mission. And so right. I think that's what keeps him from himbo. Armstrong though. Armstrong yes. is a himbo. Armstrong is a himbo. That was my next one. That was going to be my yes. So go into it. Yep. No. That man is a himbo. If you want a definition, if there was a saint, if there was a patron saint of himbos, it's him. It's <laughs> it is Colonel Armstrong. That's it. I don't know what else to say that man cares with his heart and he fights with his chest. <laughs> literally anytime he gotta fight or throw hands for ed and al it is like i got you boys <laughs> and it's adorable but it's just like he really does care and it's like you see when people when you're first introduced to him i think it's very easy to be like here's this super tough and buff and big as hell like army man but this man he he openly cries he mm-hmm. um he is not afraid to cry or ashamed to say when he is crying he also respects and acknowledges his sister's strength um, when it comes to like fighting her for it to be head of the family. Yeah. Um, he's like, they don't pull punches. I mean, maybe he was, I don't remember, but point is he will, he has no fight problem fighting women, but in a yeah. way that is respectful in battle, not as in like, yes. he is not beating on women. And like that man is a himbo. He That's- is, he's, he, he himbo. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yep. Very himbo. Nothing to add. You broke it down perfectly. <laughs> oh, um, any more? Let's see. I mean, oh, All Might. All Might is himbo. All Might is definitely himbo. Yes, yes. All Might oh, for all sure. Might, all Might has all of that himbo energy, mm-hmm. um, which is hard. So I feel like... I don't know how to explain. So I feel like himbo may be that category of a of a himbo who has transformed almost into a daddy. Like mm-hmm. he, we're seeing a himbo at the end of his lifespan after he's learned from his himbo ways. Yes, but like he's still a very emotional. Like All Might is daddy himbo, and Deku is baby himbo. And yeah. when Deku grows up and gets the big body that All Might has, yes. Deku will be himbo. That's how it's gonna work. Um, I don't want that boy to grow up with that. I don't want that boy to grow into that body. I need him to stay normal looking. 
<laughs> it's gonna look so weird. I'm just like imagining him, his head on All Might's body. Oh no, I don't <laughs> I want that. Nobody right. Photoshop that, please. No one, no one Photoshop that, please. But no, that's very true. Baby himbos. Oh, we forgot about the baby himbos. Cause yes, they both are himbos. And I don't yeah. know, maybe it's a trait of the quirk. But <laughs> <laughs> if you have one for all, you must be himbo. Do you Wait, cry? You know what? Actually, though, no, that, okay. So off of anime into anime. Um, because for the longest time, and I, I think it's because a creator of My Hero is so fascinated with comic books, and I know he based Deku on Spider-Man, but I very much think the power of One for All is like Mjolnir. Like, you have to be pure of heart to have One for yes. All. You have to be worthy to have One for All with how they talk about it. Mm. So, if you look at Thor, who is worthy... He's himbo. So only himbos are pure of heart, and only himbos can have the power of one for all. Therefore, himbos are the best of us. <laughs> that level of dissertation, ma'am. <laughs> Amazing. No, but that is a very good point. That, like, kind of. I think that adds more lore <laughs> to the quirk than I've ever heard or ever read so far. But I think that's a, that's a great point because like, um, even like when you look at the lineage of who's held that quirk, I think it's like from All Might to Deku, All Might was looking for somebody that he could entrust with it. So there is also that lore that Thor has is like only those who are worthy. Can who, will. Who, who, who else was in the running? Hmm? Miryu. He's also baby himbo. <laughs> so, I stand that to be the worthy, you must be a himbo. Drop mic. Just. <laughs> I, I, I tip my hat to you, madam. Yes, that is, that is excellent. Oh, that's so good. So would that technically make Bakugo a baby himbo as well? Because oh he boy. was able, he was able to win. That that's fair. So Bakugo is like a Sundari Himbo hybrid. Mm, okay, I see. Yes, yes, I agree with that. Because he he's warming up now. We got he's we're getting that. Mm hmm. And you know what? With the fight with um, Uraraka, that is very evident. Like people would look at Bakugo and say, like, that's his cruel and how he's treating a girl and blah, blah, blah. But like, no, that was respectful that he went, went, went yeah. at her as hard as he did because had he treated her like a girl and like fought and not have gone all out, he would have been disrespectful to her and underestimating mm -hmm. her powers. So flip it. And he's cried. Okay, we've, we've, that is three for three <laughs> from my hero academia. Um, so I feel like I'd be remiss not to mention this one, but let's talk about Goku being a himbo. I feel like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. A, it's a very obvious one, but I think to be specific and Grant shout out to Gilmore Ballsy's Grant. Um, he made a very good point. <laughs> and basically I at first was like, no, nah, I don't think of him as a himbo. And then he schooled me and he's like, no. Angry Goku is himbo, and by default, all Saiyans are also himbos, 
So that means Vegeta is like, like, it just, like the way he did it, he schooled me. And I'm like, I need to pull it up. But I don't know if you have something to add while I look it up. about. I mean, I will say of all the, all the Saiyans we've gotten, they turn. So, okay. So I still don't necessarily buy Vegeta's himbo because he's very, he's, he's in that toxic masculinity. He ain't coming out. He loves one woman and his wife, and that's Bulma. Yep. <laughs> he don't give a shit about the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think that he's a himbo at all. I think Goku is a himbo in the exact same way that Superman is a himbo. Yes. Again, you connected comics. I love it. Um, so my bad. To be specific, Grant said, I submit that Goku is only a daddy when he's mad, and at which point he stops being a himbo. Never the twain shall meet. <laughs> However, all Saiyans are himbos slash herbos. Thank you for shouting out the female Saiyans. So that means Bardock is a himbo daddy. Which yes. I'm not, I mean, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. But I think it, it makes a good point because Goku, I don't want to call Goku dumb. I have come to a certain level of respect for him. But he still be dumb. Like <laughs> it's like I'm not calling you dumb, but you be dumb. And <laughs> in a sense, we're like Goku is very one track minded and focused on being the strongest and fighting stronger people. But it's not out of a toxic mask, like a traditionally toxic masculine way. But he also does use strength and power to protect his loved ones. Yeah. So I feel like that's what makes him a himbo. Um, yeah. It's just except, for when he got his, he, except for when he got his son almost killed. But yes, yeah, and he gave in that, a in that moment he was neither himbo nor daddy. No, just a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I will. I got dragged on Twitter when I said it, but this man caused the tournament of power, whichever tournament that happened. It didn't have to happen, but they were like, and people were like, but it was going to happen anyways. I'm like, but he actively went and made it happen, which means he almost caused everyone to be erased and killed because he wanted to fight the strongest people. A himbo. A himbo. Oh, a himbo. <laughs> that is a himbo. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe reading Super like Dragon Ball Super's uh, manga has opened my eyes to appreciate Goku to a certain level, but he's still dumb sometimes. <laughs> but he's a him he's a himbo kind of dumb. Yeah. So um, um did we have so any we'll more? say Oh, sorry, I don't have any more. No, I was gonna say we should definitely wrap up because yes. I'm running co- close on time. But no, 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 uh, no, I don't, I good. don't have any more at okay. all. So I think, I think ending it on the blueprints of anime him- himbo <laughs> makes sense. And there are a lot more yes. that we didn't cover. So I, if mm-hmm. you're listening right now, tweet at us and tell us who your favorite himbo is, uh, so we can talk about it. Or if you disagree with one of our himbo choices, tell us why in a respectful way, please. Just be respectful. <laughs> I don't, and I'm going to say this because you already mentioned it. I just don't agree with the take. And I feel like hopefully after this episode, people will understand where we're coming from and yeah. have another appreciation for himbos in anime. Because exactly. They deserve, they deserve to be there. I think they are worthy. They, they, they are worthy and they are a strong force against toxic masculinity and normalizing it or normalizing not ta- not being toxic, yes. normalizing emotions, normalizing caring, all of that matters. You can be strong and cry. Yep. Yep. Uh, well, that, with that, where can they find us, Kate? You can find us at DYHT underscore pod on Twitter, and you can find me at Oh My Myth Randier on Twitter. 
You can also find me on Twitter at LA underscore NEY underscore SHA. And with that, who's your favorite himbo? Can your himbo be a daddy too? And when are we going to do our anime daddy episode? (laughs) Find out next time on Did You Have To. Bye. Did You Have To is co-produced by Kate Sanchez and Lanisha Campbell. Our intro is done by Dr. Emery Stephen Daniel. And our outro and intro music is by Benjamin Tassat, a.k.a. Ben Sonny.